Hi, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of B2B Nav. Um, this week, we thought we'd focus on the concept of a startup mentality. Um, I don't know about you guys, but certainly on the posts that I've been looking at on, on LinkedIn, on Instagram, so a lot of social media channels, we've seen a lot of established businesses saying they are feeling refreshed and energized by kind of adopting more of a startup mentality. Um, and also lots of um, new businesses coming up and new ideas and new concepts and new routes to market that people are having to adapt with the, with the environment we find ourselves in at the minute. So does anybody want to attempt to give us a de definition of what you think a startup mentality is? Or would you like me to read aloud from Google? <laughs> <laughs> I'll go. I'll go. Go on, Sam. So, so this won't be a direct... Um, Have you got the window but... open? <laughs> I don't know. I might bring it up. I struggle though. But um, no, I think I think it's just being a problem solver and, and finding sort of if it's a gap in the market or if, if someone has a, needs a service and it doesn't exist and coming in and sort of designing that. So the example I always think of is um, Jeff Bezos with Amazon mm -hmm. and it originally being a bookstore. Yeah. So basically, the concept there was you know instead of a bookstore stocking a thousand books, you could have a warehouse that stocks ten thousand books, and people just click online. I want this one and this one, and it's delivered. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just coming up with creative solutions, I guess, for, for problems. Yeah. I think a key aspect that I'd really add to that, which I'm sure will come with the definition, is, is agility, which is that you need to be able to move quickly, change direction if you need to, um, pivot as needed. Um, as the first idea isn't necessarily the only idea. You might need to be able to expand it. You might find that your initial assumptions aren't entirely wrong, but need to be kind of realigned slightly. And yeah. as a smaller... Well, I guess as a startup, we'll start small. You don't have the years of processes, procedures, levels of hierarchy that make things really, really difficult to change. Yeah. Um, kind of, yeah, go with it. You, you're agile. You can just pivot on the spot. Yeah. Is that confusing being entrepreneurial with a startup? Because they're two slightly different things, aren't they? they entrepreneurial yeah. is what Sam said, which is, absolutely jeff bezos gap in the market no one's doing this i'm going to do this mm -hmm. versus someone who might enter a market that already exists mm -hmm. and be a new business and be more disruptive Brewdog, that yeah. is startup mentality yeah. you know there was beer before Brewdog, mm -hmm. but Brewdog decided to come in and just do it their own way mm -hmm. and have a much more like ollie mentioned much more agile much more kind of you know, devil may, not devil may care or cavalier, but you know, that kind of, we'll take the risks. We'll no, but I do, I do think that ties into it, John, in terms of the, 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 the startup mentality overall, because as Ollie's saying, you become, as you grow and as we find in our own business, and we see it with a lot of clients as well, that you become overly cumbersome with processes, procedures, mm. which is, I say necessary, but you all know my opinion on that. I think they're not as necessary as other people do, but you do need an element of process and control as you grow. And you also hear a lot of our clients, I think, and prospects speak quite romantically almost about when they first started out and how agile they were and how yeah. different they were and how fast paced everything was. And it's almost that's been lost over the years. And I'm thinking of a specific client we've been working with this week, you know that you'll know. But um, yeah, they speak, they speak really romantically and you hear it in an awful lot of businesses yeah. sort of reminiscing about the good old days of when they could make a quick decision and they could, they could turn things around quickly. Do you think that has to be lost? as you grow as oh, a business? Well, you know, I suppose it depends on the organization, the people who are employed. I guess that's the key thing, isn't it? It's like 
as you grow, do you employ people who share your vision? And mm -hmm. you talk about it a lot when we talked about, you know, when we introduced unlimited holidays, when we talk about, you know, flexible working, it's mm -hmm. all about trusting the workforce to not take advantage of it or yeah. not act in the best interest of the company, which I know is, you know, that's the Netflix frame of mind, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah, they so. are, they're a huge, enormous financially company. Mm -hmm sized company how many actual people employees they have might still place them in that startup thing of you know do they employ as many employees as their turnover would suggest probably not yeah and do you think so do, just, do you think in terms of the startup mentality because i guess one of the key things is is that ability to adapt quickly to an ever-evolving market so as you say you've got the kind of hmm. the, the brew dogs and the and the amazons and the netflix of the world who almost have disrupted and almost changed yeah. the direction they, they forced that change in the environment where we find ourselves at the minute obviously with the with the covid pandemic it's something that's been forced upon us i guess it's not something mm. that we've you know proactively all gone for and we find ourselves all having to adapt do you think think all businesses have the ability to kind of be braver and adapt and pivot as the phrase that everybody's <laughs> using at the minute I think one of the key things uh, for me uh, is having the right mentality and vision uh, um, from the top. Because mm -hmm. I don't, I think without that, it can be near impossible. Mm -hmm. If you think about a kind of a, a more traditional business with thousands of employees, if you're, let's say, you're a marketing manager or a, a potentially a product manager or whatever it might be, but you're sort of 15 tiers from the top, and and you, you don't have kind of the ability to make your own decisions and the ability to, to, you know, enact change yourself, then you're really going to struggle. So I think it needs to have that higher level buy-in mm -hmm. to, to help promote ideas, to help have that spirit of innovation within the, the company itself um, to, to help drive that. And I think Amazon's a great example there. If you think about them being world's, if not the world's biggest online retailer, certainly one of them, but I'm sure they probably are the biggest, mm -hmm. um, they sold books, they sold games, they expanded out, they sold lots of other things, DVDs and you know, everything else in between. Um, but then they went and, and launched Amazon Web Services and that was yeah. you know, the back of one of their engineers. Having <clears throat> that internal infrastructure at Amazon and seeing, wait, this could be a service that could be you know, used worldwide by you know, a multitude of organizations. Mm -hmm. I think if you remember correctly, together with Bezos, they approached the board, they pitched this idea, and I think there was an initial reaction of, wait, this isn't really what we do as a business. It's, it's not a service we offer at all. We're not an IT company. Yeah. But they had a vision there to understand that they had the infrastructure, the capability, and they could offer a service to now being, I think, one of, if not, again, the biggest um, cloud service providers. Yeah, I think they are. But then that equally, and there's this, maybe this is something that's born out of all the tech giants, because I always think of the one, the one company that I always think exemplifies startup mentality is Google. Mm -hmm. You know, they've got Google X, they've got the head of moonshots, they've got this kind of mentality of, we're just going to go and do stuff. Well, there's you also know. on Google, isn't there? Because I didn't know it existed till Ollie showed it me a while ago, but like all of almost the tombstones of projects that mm. have failed. So yeah, yeah. Not failed, if that's the right word almost, but like things that tried that haven't worked. And, you know, they don't, they don't announce them, do they? Obviously, openly to the public have yeah, yeah. tried something and it's not worked out. But when you actually go through the list, and Ollie can tell you where, where to find it if you've not been on it. But I actually find it quite interesting because a lot of the things and a lot of this, you, you, you know them, you just don't realise they're no longer a thing because they've just kind of faded yeah. out into the background or been superseded yeah, by something else. 
Google's a great example of that, like you say, the website, if anybody's curious, is killedbygoogle.com. Um, <laughs> I think it all, is all born from the fact that Google have, again, this spirit of innovation and they yeah. encourage people to come up with ideas. But that's, that's the mentality, isn't it? It's like, I remember one of my favourite films, total random sidebar here, is National Treasure. <laughs> okay. And there's a quote in there where they're referring to Thomas Edison. And whether it's a, a real quote or not, it's around light bulbs. Yeah. And they, you know, many people would say that Thomas Edison failed a hundred times until he made the light, had a hundred failures. Mm-hmm. And Thomas Edison's attitude was no, I found a hundred ways not to make a light bulb. Yeah. And it's just a little twist of mindset, isn't it? That isn't a failure. That's just one stage on the journey. It's like the um, fail fast, succeed faster mentality yeah. of if it goes wrong, yeah, it goes but wrong. You know, how, as long as you, no one dies. How have you found that, Sam, in the sense of, because obviously you've been involved in some, one, one current project we're working on, which is obviously kind of not as a pure result of the COVID outbreak, but certainly linked to it, obviously. How have you found that comparatively to, I guess the, the normal experience in BDB because it is much more, that's much more a startup kind of quick, fast paced, constantly evolving. I would say, you know, how, how have you found that experience? I, I really like the pace of it. Um, yeah. I, I love, I think the thing that people like about the whole startup thing, and as you were saying, people reminisce about that sort of startup days. I think it is that everything moves so quickly. It's right. Let's get the website going. Let's get this going. Let's get this going. And mm-hmm. you just, you know, you're always getting a list and just taking, ticking boxes, ticking boxes. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed that. Um, I, I think the main thing that I really like about it is it's a group of people or one person that just has the sort of confidence to do something different and, and like embrace that weird and wonderful world of we have an idea, you know, we're going to try and bring it to life and maybe, mm-hmm. maybe it's something people aren't doing. Yeah, and starting from the ground up and saying that's like MVP, you know, like, isn't it? It's kind of well. I was going to come. I, yeah. I was going to come on to that because I think that's part of the. That's the crux, know. almost the crux, isn't it? I was going to come at it the other way from a barrier to it, but yeah, the same point in the sense of a lot of people's mentality. I think the more seasoned you get in business, and the more experience you get, and the more established you get, the more frightened you are to put anything out that isn't perfect. perfect. Yeah, and it's, yeah. you know, it's taken me a long time to get over that, a long time to get over that. Hence why I'm sat here in a headband and big earphones today on the podcast. I'm not, I've clearly relaxed into this scene. I mean, I thought that was a conscious decision. <laughs> I just, look, just look like an aging rocker. <laughs> no, but, but in the Poor sense man's of, Keith Richards. Oh, definitely that. But I just think in that kind of sense, what I mean is it's that, it is that MVP status. So you appreciate the website won't be perfect, but you've got to commit to keep it going. The product won't be perfect. Your sales deck you know, won't be that's, perfect. That's, it's interesting because then if you think back and you think about MVP, mm. every Microsoft release, every single one, whether you'd admit it or not, Ollie, is MVP because <laughs> they're constantly evolving. The same with every OS. It's an MVP of that point in time. And they constantly evolve, they update, you know, the amount of times, you know, iPhones, every single OS yeah. is an MVP. Now, yeah. Whether we know that or we don't know that is a different thing. Do you know what I mean? In terms of no, I think that's interesting. our perception of an yeah, MVP, yeah. you know, we're, the thing we're doing at the moment, which yeah. shall remain vaguely nameless, yeah. you know, from our perspective internally, will be delivered to the market as an MVP. Mm-hmm. It will be interesting to see who in the market goes, that's an MVP. You've definitely not done this, 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 and this. Or, yeah. oh, 
right, here's a solution. And then the things that we wanted to do that we didn't need to get it off the ground are upgrades, aren't they? Yeah, they're updates. Yeah, that's um, something that I just found in, in business in general is that when you're behind the scenes, you know a lot more of the ins and outs, but the external perception of something is usually much more whole. Like, for example, I used to work for a hotel chain, and while it's not the most popular chain, obviously a lot of people do stay at it. And if you if you look at it uh, from an external point of view, you probably just see cheap and cheerful. Someone that works there, you know all the you know the negatives about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that applies to pretty much anything. If you release a product, if you develop something, you will know as you've worked on it and spent hours on it, and and you know the behind the scenes of it, you will know if it has flaws, what its gaps are, and so on. That mm-hmm. Most people won't because they're not looking for it. They're, they're seeing the, the hole rather than the, the granular. Yeah. I think it's also all- because your standards get higher, don't they? Because the more experienced you get in business, the more uh, there is a, a, a bar of a level of quality that you expect. Whereas when, yeah. you're, when you're a true startup, you know, and um, I guess BDB wasn't really a startup, was it, when we got involved with it? But in the sense of when, because all the businesses that I've worked with that were, were true startups, it's not almost an MVP. It's just what you can do at that point. And there's a certain quality. There's also, I guess, a, there's also probably a lot of financial pressures. When you're a startup, mm. you know, we, you don't have 10 years worth of billings behind you. You don't have money in the bank. You don't have legacy. You don't have retained clients. You don't have anything. It's a race You've to get to the market. Isn't a wing, it? a prayer, mm-hmm. and probably enough money to eat and feed your children for three months so yeah. you've actually got to get it out in three months it doesn't yeah. matter even if you've got so it's, investment you might have more money but you've, you've got until that investment runs out to have launched something to start driving to actually generate money to actually start to grow the business and keep it running so that it's almost like a necessity of it isn't it that you yeah. have to have that ability to kind of and that acceptance that what you do unless you're very very lucky what you do isn't going to be perfect no 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 the things like that they like the sort of barrier of you know you want something to be perfect you want it to be financially viable you want it to go out there and be flawless and you know be the best on the market the the things like that as you become a sort of bigger company become just barriers to innovation do you start to think well i have this idea but it's not going to work because of this or whereas when you you know just starting out maybe you have a bit more of that sort of freedom to say well you know it doesn't matter if it fails but i guess when you get to a point, and Matt, maybe you'll know this better than the most of us, that as BDB now, if you want to put out something, you know, it's part of that BDB brand, you want mm-hmm. it to be perfect. Whereas there might have been yeah. a point where you started to go, well, let's experiment, you know, let's, let's try this and see how think, it goes. I think a it's more. a good point. I think you end up being very nervous about brand degradation, or I do. So BDB is established, it's known, we've got a clear... Um, client base we've got a clear prospecting base we've got a clear bunch of contacts we have a certain look feel a certain proposition um, in the marketplace and therefore if somebody comes up with ideas uh, something that maybe doesn't sit alongside that chances are we'll still do it but whether we do that under bdb or under something separate it's very different and that's a considered choice i would say these days because you don't want anything to go out under our kind of parent brand i suppose that's half-baked arguably substandard i was going to say yeah let's no, say yeah same thing whereas i think do you think i guess as a, as a as a link point to that and it's something that i've been thinking about a lot recently when working on some of the new stuff we've been working on alongside bdb because we're doing some work there as well but in terms of your why your mission statement why you do what you do a startup mentality i guess a true startup 
you're constantly thinking about that because it's at the forefront of your, your mind all the time. Why are you mm. doing it? What's driving you? And you can lose that quite easily as you get into a more mature business. Do you think embracing more of a startup mentality is not a bad place to start to go back to why, why are you bothering in the first place? Um, I think people can lose it, can't they? Yeah. Lose sight of it. Go on, Ollie. <laughs> as you say, if you think about it you can start with like a core ethos belief why whatever we want to, to name it um let's say that's to develop some type of product but once you have products established and in the market you become much more focused on i guess the product itself and the problem you set out to solve and that obviously isn't always the case but i think that's why you start to become encumbered that's not the way we do things that's the way this works yeah it, of keeping in mind what problem you're trying to solve in the first place because if you keep the problem in mind and your core belief in mind, then I think that keeps you much more open to being able to being agile and saying like, well, we set out to solve this problem and really our product solved part of that problem, but we stopped thinking about it. So let's make sure we get back to how do we solve that problem, whether that means a big pivot or just a, a small incremental change. But I think that's businesses who are kind of diversifying beyond their core offer as they grow. Um, so I think a good example here is, is uh, Showpad, who we're, we're obviously uh, a partner of. Mm-hmm. For anybody that isn't familiar, Showpad is a sales enablement platform, and I would say they've set out with that as a core belief, to be a, to be a leading platform to help salespeople do their job better. Um, they started out helping them get content out there, but over time, over the last sort of five years or so, they've been acquiring more companies, all that fit with that core belief. So, um, you know, things that will help them train people better as well as helping get content out there or things that will help them facilitate meetings better and make sure they have better meeting follow-ups. All these are things that they keep adding, but I think the key thing is that they fit their core belief. Mm -hmm. They always go back to the idea of making sales more efficient and more product, more kind of profitable. Yeah. Yeah, no. Arguably, I guess you're sticking with Showpad as an example there because I was thinking they're... The core proposition of what they're trying to fix hasn't really altered or evolved that much yet, I would say, because sales enablement is still relatively new-ish on the market as kind of a a phrase and kind of a mantra, I guess. Do you think Mm -hmm. for businesses, I think a lot of businesses are far too insular. So in the sense of they set set a product or a service around a a problem they're trying to fix at a point in time, and then 10 years later, are still trying to develop a product that solves that problem over here, but they've not done, they've not gone back to the market. They don't understand their mm. customer base. They've not done any yeah. market research. How's the times moved? Is it still relevant, that problem? How's it evolved? Um, I suppose there's a, an element of luck in that, isn't there? Because I was, mm. I was just going through, because one of the things I was thinking as we were chatting was Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I've heard Mark Zuckerberg say the same thing repeatedly for the last 10, 12 years yeah. about what... Facebook's stated purpose is to help make the world more open and connected. Mm-hmm. And that hasn't changed. And I think he, that's whether you like, dislike, respect, don't respect him or Facebook, what they have been is incredibly dogmatic about what their purpose in life is and what they're here to do. Yeah. Whereas, I think that could be really detrimental though, because... Yeah, I think you see with Facebook now they're starting to. I think there is a bit of a decline with, with users of Facebook. Younger generations don't seem to be adopting Facebook as much, mm-hmm. and I, I think there's a, there's a weird balance almost of like keeping that um, initial idea and thinking you know we're going to crack this, we're going to solve this problem, but also innovating enough and 
developing mm. enough that as sort of you know the modern world builds you're building with it and i think facebook's interesting in that it's tried to do that with um like facebook live and i know mark zuckerberg's sister uh, randy zuckerberg does like facebook live and loads of other things like that but i think because that beliefs always stayed the same and they haven't really strayed at all I, I think you start to see people maybe lose interest in the problem or the problem changes but they're offering an, a, a dated answer maybe well what I, I reckon i reckon it's because they've over monetized it but what that's, that's where facebook's gone wrong so you you got the likes that you know we all i mean i even i have got a facebook gate on my browser now Mm -hmm. because it's just horrendous it's almost laughable mm -hmm. that we can have a conversation we could have a conversation offline in the middle of a field with no technology around us and i will guarantee if we've talked about i don't know let's pick something homing pigeons <laughs> i will get home and if i go on facebook the first ad that served to me is about homing pigeons mm. and i think it's that that's pushing people away because that it's lost sight of the altruistic side of it yeah i think we have seen that we've seen some obviously a lot of a lot of big stories concerning facebook in the last few years but i just think if you think about facebook as a whole and not just that one platform you've got to remember in terms of serving their audience and bringing people closer together they do also own instagram and instagram has been innovating an awful lot and yeah. <laughs> stealing ideas for lack of a better term from a lot yeah. of their companies so they are. but everything's rooted isn't it in make the world more open whatever you want that to mean and more connected and that's all that that's facilitating but then you look at amazon what are you are you an online bookstore are you the world's largest cloud provider are you a grocery are you a bricks and mortar grocery are you a hardware store or are you, you know, the replacement for TV, essentially? Yeah. Yeah. So are you a broadcaster? Are you a content yeah. generator? Exactly, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's so omnipresent now that it kind of has lost a little bit of its focus, almost. I think that's the difference between a true startup mentality, in my mind, and just having a lot of money to throw at ideas. Mm. If you throw enough something, it'll stick. But Google, um, Google is you know startup, well, isn't it? They've kept true to it with the yeah, whole. But, yeah, but they've got a lot, a lot of money. So that's yeah. what I mean in terms of they've got a very, very deep pockets to to accept. So it's just a, it's a point, isn't it? To accept mm. that of their uh, thousand ideas they've had so far, there's been ten that have been absolutely fantastic, and the other nine ninety they've, they've written up and they're tombstoned on the killed by yeah. google or whatever it is whereas as a true startup you've literally got no cash probably is the point that's what i mean you've got no yeah cash. i know you've got to work hard let's go try so harder. much harder for it and be a lot more nimble and agile and that's where the nervousness comes in again because can you afford to get it wrong because yeah if you do you've you've spent all your all your capital essentially yeah. so but i guess we're talking what we were talking about is that ment the mentality as much as the actuality of being in that situation isn't it and at least yeah i guess google have kind of kept true to that amazon i have kind of i would say sold out yeah in that they are they are now well, can't really call jeff for it he's done all right out of it <laughs> right. but do you know what i mean it's like have they kept I, that I, I think again, i think again though it's just a lot of people talk romantically about the googles and the amazons and all this and i think and i think on their on their first ish venture they were disruptors they were um, a, a true example of a startup mentality of why not and now they are multi-billion pound conglomerates that 
I don't, I don't, I don't know if they are a startup mentality anymore. And maybe where Facebook's struggling, as you say, Sam, or maybe it is you know, perceived to be struggling slightly, if you can say struggling with Facebook financially. But in the sense of um, maybe that's what they need to do is kind of revisit, well, what was the purpose behind when they originally got set up and go back to basics again, maybe with that. So, is that, so are there any, any larger organisations that we think of kind of prop, truly retained? Because people would say, oh, Apple's got that mentality. They do not. They're a machine. They're just a design machine now. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, though, that <laughs> I think it's weird that we, we link the startup mentality with the from the roots up with no money sort of, you know, idea. Um, and we talk about it as like, a, you know, a guy in his garage building a, an online store or, you know. Uh, but I think Google is still and Amazon still have, I guess, the mentality to a degree, but I think mm -hmm. it's made easier by the fact that they can say, well, we've got the money, let's just do it. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think it almost takes part of that process out of the sort of nervousness I mean, and yeah. will it work, will it not? So in that case, is maybe still there. Yeah. Is startup, is it is part and parcel of it doing the stuff that no one else is kind of, you know, corporately aren't brave enough to. So, and again, I hate, I hate myself because I keep going back to like Silicon Valley and tech, but yeah. Elon Musk, yeah. absolutely mad as a sack of frogs. <laughs> but, it, you know, he's revolutionized the automotive industry. Okay, the last one wasn't such a great move, but, you know, Tesla has kind of really put electric vehicles on the map. Yeah, but don't you think that's an example? Which, I, think, <laughs> but I think that's an example and comes back to what, what I was sat here thinking as you were speaking is there's a difference between a startup mentality and almost an entrepreneurial mindset is what yeah. I would say, because what I mean by this is, and there's lots of business phrases here, but I mean, the startup mentality is one thing. So having the idea, being free of thinking, accepting failure, the entrepreneurial mindset is much more, I think for me, that dogmatic determination to deliver something to the market. So you can have the most great startup mentality and loads of ideas, but that dogged, determination to take something and deliver it and yeah. execution matters but actually follow through with an idea and take it to the market is the hardest thing in business i think and that for me is what separates the men from the boys or you know that sounds very sexist but you know what i mean the, the, the same so in the sense of for me that is the key separator probably in the sense of as you get bigger yes you get more money and you get more opportunities to throw more cash at ideas to, to make them stick but you still need that team of people that's going to actually take it to the market drive it through mm. and you know google's and the amazons of the world now no doubt but um, tesla using that as the example he's absolutely determined to do what he's doing isn't he that's what i mean i know he's, I know he's filthy rich as well as a result of his endeavors but that is that entrepreneurial nutty mindset that he he wants to you know yeah, maybe he is more. Yeah. Maybe you're right. Maybe he is more mad professor than. Yeah, but I think it's all linked together, isn't it? It's all linked together. Yeah, I think there is. I mean, I'm just going through. I've just gone Forbes actually, just looking at why startup mentality is key to success, and they've mm -hmm. just got it down to four things: encourage more questions. Yeah. You'll like the next one. Embrace change. Love it. Make room for mistakes. Mm-hmm which actually references the Thomas Edison quote from National Treasure, so I like this even more. <laughs> and as to your point, Matt, about, you know, remember why you're here. Yeah, yeah. There's another, article almost... I, there's another article I was reading which echoes most of those, but then also goes on to say, um, one of the points that I picked up on was determine whether change is actually needed. 
Because yeah. I think people can also get really carried away with this of just evolving for the sake of evolving and wanting to do something new. When actually, if you just stuck at your core idea and delivered it properly, mm-hmm. you'd, you'd, you'd have been much more successful. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think you, feel, you find you see a lot of people, um, creatives particularly, I think. Um, and people that work in, in our game in terms of, and I call it, you know, I call them dog with wasps, but in the sense of, you know, there's an idea, there's an idea, there's an idea. And you're like, just focus and deliver one of them and you'll probably be, do all right. Like, but yeah. I think that, that for me is a big thing in terms of whether this change is actually needed. And then um, they talked around on the article I was reading on CIO.com in the sense of build more, develop less and go minimal before overcommitting. So that kind of MVP uh, yeah. accepting failure again. So I think, um, Certainly an interesting debate, and I think you're seeing a lot of people referencing at the minute, as I say, so I sort of have a slight a wry smile on my face when I see somebody going, oh, startup mentality today, and you're like, okay, what are you doing differently? <laughs> well, it comes back, to you, I don't know if it's related or not, but I remember the slide you put up a while ago about what's, what's driving digital change in your organisation. Mm. And everyone's going on at the moment, aren't they, about, well, we're being digitally kind of, we're really adapting and we've got a startup mentality. You know, it's because COVID's kind of pushed it. They're also way behind. That's what yeah. I would say with the digital transformation side of things. We've seen a lot of businesses at the minute say they're, they're catching up. They're not digitally yeah. transforming or leading the way. And a lot of companies are making these claims on the websites and social media, but that ultimately they're catching up. You know, having having the infrastructure for your team to work from home isn't groundbreaking digital transformation. That's kind of the norm these days. Yeah. Um, and I think you've seen a lot of you know larger organisations with more rigid structures kind of. It's great that they're moving along the line, um, yeah. but by no but means say, is it forward thinking. Yeah. No, but I'd say that's an absolute peach of an example of a startup mentality is enabling your workforce to be more mobile, more kind of flexible. Yeah. That kind of acknowledgement of, okay, we're a bunch of people who all want to get the same thing out of this. Goes back to the point at the beginning about trust doesn't it? That's it's, probably... It's taking risks, which is linked to the trust. It's taking risks, considered risks is what I would say, and and accepting they won't all work. So, you know, when you, when you go back to us, when we did introduce unlimited holidays, like the reactions you get off people when you say it, working from home, when we said people could work from home when they wanted, what, what do you mean, whenever they want? But these aren't big things. These aren't leading the way in anything, but you've got to be brave to sort of commit to them, and then some will work and some won't work. Yeah. Um, and then it's interesting to watch how your team develops and embraces it when you either give them something new or take something away or change something. Um, that's a whole different podcast, probably. <laughs> yeah. So do you think, because I was thinking then, is another element of startup mentality or is it more of the entrepreneurial spirit, that ability to drown the baby, pardon the phrasing, um, when you need to? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think. You know, knowing when to kind of go, add enough of this one. No, I think part of it is knowing... And that maybe is down to the individual of knowing when it's just a bad idea that isn't going to work, it turns out. That self-awareness. Or whether you've just hit a roadblock or a tough part in the journey when you've got to really push on and drive through it. And I think that's when, again, you'd probably go back and revisit why you're doing it in the first place and what's the why behind it, what's your purpose behind it. And if that still stands, I would say you're probably just going through a tough patch where you need to dig in and really push on. If you're all sat there going, actually, this isn't going to work now, somebody's beat us to the market, because that happens quite a lot. Somebody comes up with something else that you think, Christ, that's miles better than what we've been working on. Um, but until you reach that moment, I think, I think that it's that men and boys moment, as I say, of actually delivering something beyond quitting. Because I think most, most people fail because they quit too early. Yeah. Um, 
which is well, a bit. Well, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah, but I think it's a really big thing for me in business. If most people do fail because they quit too early because it's hard, it's really difficult. And I think especially if you're bringing something new to the market, doing something different, and particularly if you're one of the first people to do it, because you'll have all yeah. the doubters, you have all the haters, you have all the people saying that's not the way we do things. And that, that I keep coming back to that dogged determination to go, no, no, I truly believe in this. And I think if you believe in something, that's when that gets you over the line and pushes you through the tough patches. So, yeah. All right. Interesting debate. We'll go on, Sam. Post, uh, sorry, just quickly, as a no, sort of wrapping up point. Do you think post-coronavirus, post-COVID-19, we'll see a lot more people with the startup mentality and embracing new ideas and trying to push their business forward? I think you'll see a lot more Instagram posts about it. Um, <laughs> so you'll see a lot of people claiming startup mentality. Um, I'll, I'll be, I'm equally as interested as probably you all are to see what happens, to see how businesses, um, you know, very uh, well-established business models and industries adapt because... Um, it's not a case of this is the new normal. I keep saying this. It's not the new normal. This is it. This is this is yeah, going yeah, to be yeah. the case for quite some time. So um, I'll be really interested to see how people do pivot and adapt and manage to um, see out this really tough patch. I would say before we get a, an yeah. air of normality back in around things. Yeah. Okay. Great stuff. Cool. Um, thanks very much, guys. Thanks for joining us. Um, feel free to check out uh, knowledge.com. Uh, our online ungated content hub helping our clients prospects and contacts uh, navigate the ever-evolving b2b marketing landscape um hopefully you enjoyed the episode and we will see you next week thanks guys thanks for listening